Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast and welcome to part two of our weekend coverage of Disney's D23 Expo. Today, we'll be going over all the reveals from Hall 23 with a focus on Lucasfilm, Marvel Studio, and 20th Century Fox. Plus, we got six trailers from that panel that dropped today. So all that and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for this day two coverage, we have my fellow Mouseketeers. First up, he's the naughty one of the group. He's Mr. Nate oh. Shelton. How are you, sir? <laughs> The naughty one? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to understand I, the context. <laughs> well, is it a new? Wait, 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 wait. Did they announce a new dwarf for the live-action Snow White? Naughty dwarf. <laughs> is that? Well, they should, and it should be you. I think that's perfect think so. casting. Um, I always consider you the naughty one because you always get me into financial trouble whenever you're just like, oh, yeah, you know, okay, you should okay. buy this. You, you should buy yeah. this. It's like, yeah, yeah there's you know, a look. ton of stuff at D23 <laughs> that you should buy that I already bought a couple things. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, dude. Disney knows how to make me spend money. Oh, they know how to make everyone spend money. Uh, and with us is the dankest dude of the group, Mr. Darcy Hudson. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to talk about what we saw today. I mean, some of it me and Nate already did see, but it's mm-hmm. going to be exciting to, to talk and share that enjoyment with the rest of you guys now. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to have that FOMO anymore, Justin, that you yeah. had when we were talking about I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm FOMO-free because I, I got to see uh, some of the stuff that you guys saw. Um, mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, we will be reacting, discussing all the news that came out of today's D23 panel from Hall 23, which featured works from Lucasfilm, Marvel Studios, and 20th Century Studios. Uh, We also got a buttload of trailers, which we'll be talking about in the second half of the episode for our trailer time. Uh, So we'll be opening up this conversation, kind of going over uh, some of the reveals, some of the the people that showed up on stage, uh, some things that were shared, uh, and, and a little bit around some of the stuff that the people in the audience saw, but unfortunately we did not get to see because we weren't there maybe one day um but before we do get into that i'd love to know uh just high level what did you think of today's reveals you know it was uh it was a lot it was a lot really fast and i could barely keep up with the the twitter feeds obviously as you mentioned it wasn't the entire panel was not streamed um and uh and you know so we had to keep up the the old-fashioned way but we we got to follow shout out to the kind of funny guys we followed along uh on their mm-hmm. streams or at least i did uh and and kind I of they too, had yeah. the big tweet deck thing pulled up with all the different tweets popping off and you know big shout outs to uh to discussing film on twitter or especially eric voss um i think did a, a phenomenal job who was there with, he's with, actually who was there actually yeah. there and uh yeah. and posted a bunch of stuff for us to follow so you know what it I, I it's it's tough to say obviously again because we didn't get to actually see the stream or see the the panel but I was for the most part I was pretty satisfied with what we did get and obviously we'll talk about those trailers later but um mm-hmm. but yeah man I'm uh I'm 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 excited that some of these things are a little bit more of a reality now than they were yesterday 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm again. Already said, I'm really excited to talk about what we we got today, and even the things mm-hmm. we didn't get still are going to be fun to talk about because there's uh, big things in store for both the the Lucas films and the uh, Marvel fronts coming in. So that's that's exciting, for sure, for sure. I think a lot of people's sentiments were a little miffed about all the reveals because some of it felt very much just you know doubling down on what had been shown at Star Wars Celebration or or at Comic-Con for Marvel Studios. Um, and with just a little bit more affirmation and, and, and a little bit more detail in and around, but there wasn't the big, you know, talking about mutants or, you know, the Fantastic Four, the things that, right. that people were were amped and were hoping that they were going to get. It didn't it didn't really land for a lot of fans because they were hoping for, for, for more of those gaps in 2025, especially with uh, Marvel. To have some of those those reveals and and Lucasfilm, you know, they they definitely delivered on on finally show showing some trailers to not just the audience there, but to to everyone outside of the expo, which was which was great because I I don't think they they didn't do too much of that during Star Wars Celebration, um, so it was great to see you know some of the trailers that they were able to share. But I'm with you guys. I personally like. I think this was satisfying. I think fans again have to temper their expectations. Um, and not necessarily go down the rabbit hole of the of the rumor mills uh, and get their expectations, which is why I think fans were disappointed because they they were they had those preconceived expectations of of what was going to be revealed uh, at this panel. I think the only feedback that I would give to to Kevin Feige, honestly, he's such a phenomenal presenter. I just don't know if it was the right call to even bring up Fantastic Four and then just say there's nothing we're going to say about Fantastic Four today. And I mean, I guess I guess they did confirm the the director, uh Matt Shackman. Exactly. Um uh, you know, that's cool, but to just kind of come out like that could have been a tweet, that could have been a press announcement. Like it didn't have to be Or he just didn't have up. to say anything. He didn't have right. to say anything. And at I think all. I think that would have maybe made for a lot of folks where, you know, that that they see the Fantastic Four logo come up on the screen. They're like, "Let's go. We're ready. Give us the cast." And then for them to say, uh, we just know the director, which we already kind of knew because of leaks. I think I think if he had just left that alone and didn't bring it up, uh, this might have been a little bit higher for for all those folks who were disappointed. But yeah, I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, let's get into it, guys. Let's start. Let's start uh, with uh, the first part of the panel, which was Lucasfilm. They did kick things off. Now, the first two things that they showcased were trailers. Again, we're gonna wait till trailer time to talk about it. Uh, but then Filoni came out. And uh, we have our confirmation of Bad Batch Season 2, a 16-episode series, just like the last season, uh, with a two-episode premiere uh, dropping January 4th. So, yes, we were hoping that we were going to get this uh, by the end of this year, but uh, it seems like the rumors are true. It has been delayed to uh, 2023. Um, we obviously got a trailer already from Star Wars Celebration. It was one of the trailers that we already got. So uh, I, I don't know if there was... A, was there any footage that was shown? I, I don't believe that there was any any additional material shown other than uh, some, some brief discussion in and around. Uh, new enemies, new friends will be introduced this season uh, some and some old foes as well. So I'm very excited to see uh, what will come the Bad Batch's way for season two. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things that uh, uh, we got at Celebration and we got a bit more uh, footage there with like, Omega in action uh, 
in the, in her later year, I guess now that's passed since the last one. So again, this one was just more confirmation of uh, how many and when. So I mean, it's very cool to know that because that's something I I walked out of celebration kind of scratching my head, being like, okay, it's cool and all, but when will I get to see this? And I like that right, they're doing absolutely. a two episode premiere. I think that's uh, a great choice. They did it last time, I believe, with season one. I think we got a two episode premiere. I think you know, especially for this series, it just it's going to help to sort of cement the the arc that they need to be focused on at the beginning. And with 16 episodes, um, I will say it's we're, I'm expecting more of those filler episodes with this season. I'm expecting more of those ones where we're just kind of like this episode didn't need to happen. And you can look forward to those watch clubs and, and they'll probably be pretty (laughs) fun. And honestly, it's funny how those ones turned out to be like really fun to talk about, even though the episode wasn't that great, but, um, but I am excited. I'm excited to see, uh, Omega in her, her new little hat and, uh, and to see her, her growing up. So yeah, man, uh, January 4th cannot come soon enough. I'm, I'm super stoked. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Uh, and yes, there will be a watch club for anyone who uh, wants to join us week to week uh, for sixteen we- for sixteen weeks. Uh, well, <laughs> it's I guess be a long uh, one. Uh, fifteen weeks. Yeah, it's going to be a long one. Um, Filoni seamlessly segues into uh, revealing another trailer uh, for Star Wars: Tales of the Jedi. Again, we'll talk about that in trailer time. But from there, he then starts to talk about Ahsoka. Uh, Filoni shared how much uh, the character of Ahsoka means to him, having crafted her story since her 2008 debut in the animated series Star Wars The Clone Wars through her live-action debut in The Mandalorian. And yes, uh, Ahsoka is a a new live-action series heading to Disney+, Plus, starring Rosario Dawson in the title role. Uh, Favreau is is executive producing as well. Favreau was also on the stage. She talked about some epic lightsaber duels that are going to be taking place, uh, which I think is is something to look forward to because I don't think we've gotten enough of that in these Star Wars series, obviously, because they've they've kind of uh, taken a sidestep from the Jedi story. So it's going to be cool to see some of that. But what I really loved is what Filoni shared here, that many of the fans and crew working on Ahsoka uh, grew up watching Clone Wars. And I got to say, as as the geeks that we are, we love the fact that those who are fans and geeks of the things that we love are are taking part in bringing those this to life. So this that's a that's a dope little little reveal. And it just goes to show how important you know the Clone Wars series actually is amongst the fandom. And I think there's you know the fact that we've got folks who grew up with it like it's that old. Like it's crazy to think that it's that old that those folks are now professional human adults working on the live action Star Wars uh, series with Ahsoka. But you know, speaking of uh, of the animated stuff, we also got our first look at Sabine, Sabine uh, in Ahsoka. Yes. Well, I mean, you got your first look. Darcy and I have already seen that image <laughs> quite a few times in the past, but um, but we got to see her, and she's you know uh, she's standing in front of the the mural that we see at the end of uh, Rebels, and um, yeah, Natasha Leo Bordizo looks fantastic. I was a bit surprised though that we didn't get that image followed up with an image of uh, his name is Im- Eman Iman. Esfandi, who uh, was, I guess it was leaked that he's going to be Ezra Bridger it wasn't in leaked. the series. It wasn't leaked. It was it, like strategically revealed. 
It was revealed by Hollywood reporters because a lot of people okay. were talking about that. So it, it is it is a, a soft confirmation, very similar to how Michael uh, Giacchino was was confirmed to be directing uh, Werewolf by Night. More right. on that later. But again, sort of like the same sort of, you know, behind the scenes reveals be- between uh, PR agencies and agencies that rep the actor in the studio. You know, someone is is giving them the information. So I, it's from a reliable source. I think we can we can take it they they haven't really steered us too far so and but that casting i was i was i thought that oh, this was this was going to happen and he's perfect the he's hair perfect. the facial features the nose perfect. yeah he's yeah. going to look like an older Ezra Bridger which is going to be fantastic yeah i i also really uh dug um you know, John Favreau said that Dave Filoni wanted to bring Ahsoka into live action ever since the Clone Wars, and that the Mandalorian episodes that she was in was really a, a test to see if audiences also wanted that. And I, I mean, not much of a test because obviously audiences would want that. Um, but I, I, I do. You know, with you bringing up the idea that there, that he mentioned that they're going to be doing a lot more uh, lightsaber battles. Uh, if it's anything like the first time we actually are introduced to her character. Dude, just mm. give me more of that. I am so amped for this series. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Favreau obviously stayed on stage and welcomed uh, John Watts and Christopher Ford uh, from the upcoming Star Wars skeleton crew. Uh, Favreau shared a story of how uh, this series kind of came to be uh, from the set of Spider-Man. Uh, skeleton crew tells the story of four kids who find themselves lost in the vastness of the galaxy trying to find their way home. And uh, applause erupted when star Jude Law came out to greet fans. Uh, and yeah, he they showed us our first look. Uh, I think we I, I tweeted out from the Geek-centric uh, uh, Twitter account that we low-key thought that he could be Thrawn. Uh, which is definitely would, not would be cool, you know, and he, he <laughs> yeah. would be a great villain. But it looks like in this this still that that, w- that was shared that's been circulating on Twitter that he's kind of like a mentor. He's like their helper. I think he's going to be kind of like the the guide, if you will, to help them through this. Uh, we also know that this story will take place during uh, and I use air quotes, the, the Mandalorian's New Republic era of of the story of star wars uh which is in and around the timeline of of mandalorian so uh Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's cool we have at least an idea of where the story is going to live in the ever-growing timeline that is the star wars galaxy uh but what did you guys think of seeing this first look i'm excited again i was excited when i heard about it at celebration and to get a bit more about it uh this reveal was definitely a huge payoff in my opinion because ever since i heard the first uh you know idea that they had and they was very brief at celebration but now that we're getting a bit more i'm getting more and more intrigued by the story that they could tell and with with like you said jude law looks to be like at least some sort of a good guy maybe he we, right. he's only a good guy in facade or whatever but we'll see and again I, I can't wait to see how that story unfolds as we get more yeah we've seen we've seen jude law play the you know, in the in in Miss Marvel, like the the good guy that is bad sort of idea. Bad, yeah, um, I think that could totally work. His costume in the image that they released, um, which by the way, it looks like he's sort of um, flanked by two of those like 
you know those eyes that are at Jabba's palace that are like duh, 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 yes. like that. There's <laughs> it three. Looks like he's, I think there's three. It looks like he's trying to like get in somewhere, but he somewhere, his costuming yeah. reminds me a lot of um, the guides from Batu. Uh, the 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 yes. pe- if you've ever done the Jedi experience, the people that sort of lead you through building your yeah. lightsaber um, yeah. reminded me a lot of that. So the moment you said guide, I was like. That's interesting. And apparently they also officially wrapped uh, filming yesterday as of this recording. So that was that was the additional note that I noticed as well. And Mm -hmm. that uh, in the document that our friends at Disney sent out to us, um, it says that it's coming soon to Disney Plus. So they wrapped filming this. This has this is this has moved very quickly if they wrapped filming yesterday and in this little document, they've said it's coming soon. So I think we could see this, you know, early, like spring, maybe the beginning of summer of 2023. If, yeah, if, I think so. If, if all goes well, who knows? I don't know what a post-production looks like with it. Um, and it could come out maybe fall 2023. But I think it's it's pretty safe to assume 2023, we will be watching skeleton crew and seeing what this is all about and i'm very excited because again if it's anything like what andor is is very much going to be something that's kind of outside the pocket of everything we know of star wars i think this the series could also do that and have a really fun adventure with uh you know a light-hearted kids in, in the center with with threats and scares and all sorts of stuff so it, it sounds like it's going to be a good time what I think is really cool is like again when you when you find out the the timing of the skeleton crew and then finding out that they've wrapped filming, it kind of almost leads me to wonder: Will we see at least maybe Jude Law's character or possibly one of the kids pop up in an episode of The Mandalorian before we get the the next uh, mm. skeleton crew series? Because I think that would be a cool way to line in. They've done that with the previous live action stuff. I mean, of course, it's characters you already know like Boba Fett and Ahsoka. But what's to say they aren't going to do that with new characters that we haven't met before? I mean, they were planning to do that new Rangers of the Republic show that uh, kind of got put on the back burner for now or whatever. But, uh, I mean, it's interesting to see if they do spin out from Mandalorian. Mm. Yo, I'd love to yes. see Bill Burr pop up in Skeleton Crew, though. Like, that would be totally Yo. awesome. And I think because I think we were talking That's about great. the idea of him sort of doing a, a Rangers of the New Republic sort of series and, and kind of taking yes. over once we, uh, yeah. you know, whatever her name is, and- <laughs> is no longer with Star Wars. Um, but, but I wonder I, if that's why yeah. this got, this moved, had moved so quickly is because obviously right. that show was dropped and there's probably a bit of a hole that they needed to fill, right? There yeah. was, you know, m- dollars allocated to a series and it probably was easy to kind of green light this and get this on the go, especially with Favreau kind of pushing it in, in the direction of, of let's go with it, right? So... Well, Favreau and Filoni stayed on stage and they welcomed the entire cast of The Mandalorian Season 3. Katie Sackhoff was there, Giancarlo Esposito, Nate's gal pal, Amy Sedaris was there, <laughs> um, who's, who's, good, who's confirmed to be in the new season. Um, there were some some lovely little, like, little things that were hinted at and revealed here. Giancarlo Esposito uh, referenced uh, and said that you haven't seen Moff be vulnerable before only you can supply yourself with the patience to find out what comes next now justin Uh, hold on a second hold on a second hold on a second you're not reading that right (laughs) only you can supply yourself with the patience right to find out what comes next (laughs) what i think is really funny too is again as you as you as you're pointing out we we did see Giancarlo esposito at fan Mm -hmm. expo here in toronto and we also saw katie Katie sackoff yeah 
as, as well. So it's 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 really it's really cool to have at least seen them in Toronto. You know, they couldn't talk so much, but now here they are talking a little mm-hmm. bit more. Uh, they also had a few other people. Pedro Pascal obviously came out as well. Oh, and uh, Emily Swallow, who plays the armorer, was also on hand uh, with the cast. So we, we know that this story is very much going to focus on these core characters. And uh, yeah, we, we got a trailer and we will be talking about that in trailer time when that when yeah. that time comes. But what do you guys think about at least what was shared? And was there anything that I, I missed in regards to what you might have caught? Well, the only other thing I want to say is it's a shame, unfortunately. I mean, we got to see him live in uh, Anaheim, but Grogu did not make an appearance. And I'm just wondering if, you know, I'm, hope- I'm hoping he's okay. They never addressed that. Um, so I'm hoping he's all right. And, and you know, maybe he was just... <laughs> Maybe he's just filming. Maybe he's still doing post production. Like they're they're still working on stuff, or I don't know. He's maybe he's a busy guy. I don't know. I feel like he might have a bit of a, an insecurity about his height. I mean, there was no table like celebration True. For him to be propped up on and be more True. at eye level with the rest of his cast. That so. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's insecure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, looks like uh, though that uh, Mandalorian is dropping February twenty twenty three. I I see that here in our. Yeah. Discord notes. It says 2023. Did it say February? It said streaming 2023, right? People were tweeting that they were saying February on stage. So I think that's what it's going to okay. be. But, but, you know, take okay. that with a, a, a grain of spice. Uh, a grain of spice. I'll take two grains of spice. Thank you very much. <laughs> there um, you go. They, <laughs> Lucasfilm then closed out their panel, of course, talking about uh, Indiana Jones 5. Uh, footage was shown, sadly, exclusively to the D23 attendees. Uh, Harrison Ford cries on stage after the first look at Indiana Jones 5 uh, is revealed. Uh, Which I was think he crazy, has, dude. I've yeah, never I, seen him cry I think in my life. That like maybe in a movie. He didn't cry in Star Wars at all. Yeah, no. for sure. <laughs> you know but, what I mean? But I think I think what he's I think it, uh, to a certain degree, like a lot of people. You know, even the kind of funny guys on that stream were joking about how he just doesn't give a flying fuck about these characters. Like, he just gets paid. He doesn't really care. Right. right? But I, I don't think that's the case, right? Like, I think maybe you could say, I think Star Wars burdened him with more stardom stardom and fandom than he really wanted around that right. character. I think he, he thought of it as just a character that he's playing. And everyone's like, Harrison Ford, uh, you know, he's my Han Solo and all this stuff. So I think he has an appreciation, obviously. Um, and I think that very much Indiana Jones is, is, is an extension of that as well. He has an appreciation for the fact that fans are doing it. And I think this might, this, this very well might be either his last movie, like he might retire, I feel like. This might be him kind of saying, you know what, I'm done with these kind of movies or just doing these these sort of things. Um, and maybe that's part of the reason why he was, you know, overtly emotional on stage. But either way, you know he's putting his heart into this character. So I'm, I'm excited to see. Yeah, I definitely think he's more... I think he thinks of himself more as indie than solo. I think he he's got more of an affinity for the character. And I absolutely do think... Uh, I think he dies. I think uh, Indiana Jones is going to die in this movie mm. and and I think his emotional bout there of just talking about the fact that the movie has a lot of heart in it as well he says it's going to kick your ass yeah. uh, and I think when he says it's going to kick your ass I think maybe that's twofold maybe that's you know on one side it's going to kick your ass because it's action packed but maybe it's also going to kick your ass because it's super emotional and I'm I'm uh, I can't wait to cry <laughs> I'm excited yeah yeah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> 
I mean, hearing that he he cried talking about it isn't that much a surprise to me because the the short little time we got to see him at Celebration uh, after John Williams played the indie theme, he was very choked up when he was talking about how much the characters followed him throughout his career. And and again, I definitely think he has a respect for the characters and, and of course, owes a lot of where he stands now to the fandom and he appreciates a lot of that too. So I think it's really cool to see him getting choked up about characters that mean so much to us because clearly they mean a lot to him too. Yeah, he was he was quoted for saying, thank you for making these films such an incredible experience for all of us. I'm very proud to say that this one is fantastic and uh, she's all the reason why and he was referring to uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And I could see her potentially being the character that we move forward with in Indiana Jones. Sure. Again, having not seen anything from footage or trailers or anything that was shown, um, I just get that sense. I get that sense that the reason the two of them are on stage talking about this movie is because there's going to be the Force Awakens handoff uh, in this movie. Mm. I, I mean, I believe they announced during the panel that she was playing as goddaughter in the movie. Okay. So it would make mm-hmm. sense that there is that connection for that baton passing. So, I mean, I'm all for it, and I, I can't wait to see what uh, what adventure he takes us on for the final ride. Dude, she's going to get a hat. She's totally going to rock an indie hat That'll be That'll that be a, sw- a sick moment if she, yeah. uh, if she ends up putting that hat on. I, I think that'll be, like, that would be absolutely dope yeah i'm 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 interested to see if this is as you described it the the force awakens the passing of of the hat if you will passing of the whip generation yeah Yeah. oh even better passing of the whip i mean you could probably Uh, say passing of the torch as well like i think it all works but yeah, exactly. It's all it's all indie themed. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um and and with that, Lucasfilm wrapped their panel, their portion of the panel, and we moved right into Marvel Studios presentation, which started uh, uh, I guess a little unconventionally with a live performance of the Rogers musical. Yeah. Um, this, I, I, I didn't expect this. I thought that was, that was fairly interesting. Uh, you know, totally. I think it was just, I mean, it's a lot of fun to see. Right. And I think, um, it was the one musical performance that I got to see a few Twitter clips here and there of people in the crowd recording it. Uh, and I will say it sounded better than anything, <laughs> anything from yesterday's <laughs> live stream of, of all the different uh, music that was going on there. So maybe they figured out the sound mixing uh, in the D23 hall. But uh, yeah, man, I, um, I would have I would have loved to see that. I do hope I hope Rogers the musical becomes a real life thing or or they at least do something with like a live uh, Avengers experience where they can they can play that somewhere in Toronto. It'd be super. Cool well, I think, I think I think I think. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Like if it was like a flash mob type type of thing, I right? Oh wow! If you treat it like that, <laughs> or if they do uh, reserve it for the Disney parks, uh, it is something that, that you know would be happens. Perfect. Yeah, that's I think where you would want to do it, and you can have fun with it, and it, you could use the the people that are portraying those heroes to to kind of be in it and have like a that would be a really Hulk cool and stuff like that. I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, after that, uh, Ryan Coogler took the stage to talk a little bit more about Wakanda Forever. He is currently still in the editing process uh, in the cutting room uh, putting Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That's totally fine. These movies 
take some time to put together. New footage was shared, uh, and it was shown exclusively to the D23 Expo audience. The new footage showed off Riri flying, Namor's strength. Also a fantastic scene of the Dormelage wiping out some soldiers, uh, trying to steal vibranium. There was a ton of stuff that was that was shown in this footage. What did you guys catch? Yeah, the uh, I, I saw somewhere they were talking about like Ramonda uh, at the UN. She's like freaking out at them, and and there's a, a moment where like um, a French leader connected uh, concerned about vibranium and and WMDs, and apparently they're they're trying to. I guess the idea is that this is going to be a story about the rest of the world trying to capitalize on Wakanda's resources. Uh, when they're at their weakest. So obviously in the trailer we in the trailer we got and you know at uh, Comic Con, um, we saw that there is going to be a giant flood, and I think I think that's kind of what this description is focusing on. But um, I'm intrigued. Like I I think the only part that I'm like a little worried about is the fact that and and don't get me wrong, I we've heard about stuff getting streamed uh, a day after it was off the editing floor. So I could be totally off base here, but the fact that it's still being edited and still being cut, I'm, I, I'm kind of not entirely positive until we get a, a you know, buy your tickets now uh, that this movie will make November. I don't know. I don't know. If it I think pushed. it's going to, yeah. they've, 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 they've been pushing. They, they are and, and it's not uncommon for these things to happen. It could be, uh, visual effects. It could be how is the story working? You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to sound really arrogant saying this, but as an editor, you know, you want to see different takes and different cuts of things to see how that story is flowing. And I love, like, even Taika Watiti has said, like, you know, when he shoots, he shoots in vain of what needs to be captured, but then also has fun and does the improvise. And then he has more material to play with on in the editing room. So I, I think that, again, Ryan Coogler is is very passionate about this story, especially because of everything surrounding the loss of Chadwick Boseman. I think he really wants to make sure that he's hitting both of those notes of 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 doing the service of of celebrating Chadwick Boseman, but while also moving the story of Black Panther and Wakanda uh, forward uh, in the MCU in an effective way that is everlasting. Because uh, he does, he is going to be a part of of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and other projects with the Wakanda series. That's probably, you know, we didn't hear anything about, but we know he's working on for Disney Plus and Ironheart. Uh, Ironheart is is was another thing that uh, was was discussed uh, today at the panel. There was an Ironheart teaser showcase uh, with uh, Riri and Anthony Ramos, who's playing Parker Robbins. Uh, Ramos says that Hood is a complex guy, a little bit good and bad. He looks uh, he looks to take in uh, other misfits and, and teach them uh, to, to, to kind of be the ones on top. Uh, he says his character uh, takes a, a deep dive into a dark place. Uh, also, uh, Eric Voss actually shared on, on Twitter, Ironheart's first footage shown, uh, Jim Rash returns from Civil War as an MIT guy, cracking down on Riri Williams' engineering projects. Anthony Ramos confirmed as Parker Robbins, a.k.a. Hood, who deals with dark magic and a few shots of Riri in her new armored suit. So it was pretty cool. Like they there was there's already like I, I didn't know that that's they were that far along that they would actually have something to to show. I wonder if those visual effects were like even complete. 
personally, I'm just really excited that they announced that Hood is going to be in it because he is a really cool character who kind of at one time assembled a, a dark version of the Illuminati with a lot of, uh, you know, Marvel masterminds from around the corners of the Marvel Universe. So seeing him pop up here uh, definitely leads the way to him going down a very Doctor Doom-esque route where he mixes magic and technology like he does in the comics. So I am super stoked to see where they take that character. And it sounds like they, they're going to a really fun place with, with where he gets his, his drive for power and stuff like that. So I can't wait to see him. I'm also kind of excited that we got confirmation of Jim Rash coming back uh, <laughs> as the MIT guy. Like, uh, you know, obviously you might know him from Community uh, as as Dean Pelton, but he's, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited because it it means that this show is going to still have, I think, a, a little bit of that lighthearted comedy, um, and I I think that's going to be really important because I think this series is meant to, br- you know, kind of bring us forward with Riri Williams, but also honor. Uh, Tony Stark at the same time and so you can't have you can't have a series uh, you know an Iron Man or in this case Ironheart show without a bit of Tony Stark humor Connecting so that, it. that might be where yeah. we get with Jim Rash yeah I think I think it's less about the idea of the humor but more the connectivity of the fact that she's in MIT and obviously we did see see Tony Stark at MIT and maybe what her program that she's working on is subsequent subsequently funded from that Tony Stark uh, uh, grant that he he revealed in Civil War, right? So I, I'm wondering if that's the layer of con- continuity, and I think you're absolutely right. That is the connectivity of how you keep Tony Stark uh, as a part of Ironheart's origin story uh, moving into the, the MCU. Yeah, and I totally see Jim Rash's character just being so against Riri's experiments because he was snubbed by Tony Stark in that movie. Exactly. Like he never got, he never exactly. got his money for his, fu- or his funding yeah. for his projects, but this girl got her free ride on a scholarship because she makes a suit of armor like him. Like, I can't wait yeah. to see that, like, the banter and back and forth. <laughs> yeah, the comedy that he's going to bring, like Nate was saying, is is going to give it definitely a bit more of a lighthearted nature uh, that I think is is very inherently Tony Stark. I also think it would be like, don't get me wrong. I would love it if Tony was her AI inside the suit and his voice. I just don't know budget wise. Robert Downey's voice is probably too expensive, but I would be, I think it would be really hilarious if, if, uh, if Jim Rash, this character, like turn it, like, you know, put his voice into an AI and that was going to be her sort of, <laughs> you know, her version of, of, uh, of Friday or what have you. Right. So I think that'd be super dope. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think I'm very interested to see what they do with this series, especially given the fact that, you know, she is going to be very integral in uh, Wakanda Forever. She's getting mm-hmm. her own series. Ryan Coogler is producing it. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of connectivity with her and Wakanda. It's obviously going to be seen uh, in, in this show as well. And maybe, uh, and maybe on. Bruno yeah. from from uh, Miss Marvel, you know, might have something to do with that i could totally see those characters in the comments oh, with miss marvel he's got a, a really big background uh with uh wakanda so i could totally see maybe there's a bit of crossover there i don't know i just i miss bruno that's interesting i that's that's yeah. cool i like that idea i like the idea of bringing all bringing together all of the 
intelligent people that want to do good, you know, and they kind of find uh, the ability to do so through Wakanda's technology, right? Because especially when 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 it's revealed that, uh, you know, in Wakanda Forever, it is going to have a focus about how people want to abuse that power and take it from Wakanda and, and use their resources. Maybe Wakanda goes, you know, inside itself to really protect that and also find people on the outside that they do want to have work with them on on things in Wakanda. And really quick, didn't didn't uh, didn't Tony Rivoli, um, Flash Thompson, didn't he get into MIT as well mm-hmm. at the end of uh, Spider-Man? So maybe he shows up. Yeah, they were all trying to. They were all yeah, trying yeah, to, was, though, right? So, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I'm pretty sure there was uh, other characters in the in the MCU already that, that are, are trying to get into the MIT. So it's going to be really cool to see that connection. And if that connection is how, like, Riri is how those, that group maybe connects with Wakanda and, you know, proceeds from there because... Again, I'm really excited. Yeah, no, I, I, 100%. I'm also excited for the next reveal, which was Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Uh, it was confirmed that Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, directly links to Avengers, the Kang Dynasty. Uh, Randall Park will be returning as Jimmy Woo uh, in the movie. And uh, I, I, you know, again, they, they had a... They were. They saw some extended footage, uh, which had I think a few more lines, um, and apparently one of the lines was in and around um, Kang needing Ant Man to steal something for him, which I think is perfect. It really does connect back to the first movie, uh, where he's only being used for his you know his thieving skills, and and that's very much what he he's good at. And it, honestly, that's kind of his his ammo for throughout uh, the entire MCU. So it's kind of like uh, an irony, like he was always destined to be in this situation with Kang, where Kang is going to need a specific set of skills from Ant-Man to, to acquire something. So I think that's really cool. And I think this leads to this probably being like a multiversal, um, or I guess a quantum realm uh, heist movie, I think is going to kind of be the the feeling with it. Ooh, interesting, interesting. I, I just don't know if you can do that again, given the time heist scenario that we already got from from Endgame, right? But I, right. I get what you're what you're coming from in terms of the fact that again, he needs him to steal something. So it'd be interesting of how how they kind of do a different take on that. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I could think of is it's I, I can't wait to see Kang and and what what he's setting up. I mean, me and you talked off air just about some potential things where maybe there's a Kang who's allowing these things to happen so that he can maybe take out you know another all the variants of Kang that are are dangerous and potentially being Iron Lad. And I mean, I feel like Quantum Mania will really set the stage and, and determine the tone of what Kang means to the MCU because right now we really don't know what uh, what's coming from him. Yeah, and to be fair, I'm gonna. I, I was we were talk. I was talking to you about a theory that uh, the folks at New Rockstars have been diving deep and and kind of looking at everything that's happened in Phase Four because so many people have been, I think, shitting on Phase Four to say there's nothing that really connects all these movies and these stories, but maybe they'll matter more later when we start to see where everything's going and the fact that maybe. Maybe there's a Kang variant that's letting all of this stuff happen, and I think that that's really cool. He is there is one variant out of the many Kang variants that is helping to to inevitably stop the rest of the Kangs. Uh, so I think that's that's a very interesting theory, and I think you're right. I think that we we know based on what was discussed at Comic Con that we're going to see multiple versions 
of Kang and different in different variants. And uh, when we get further down in talking about it, there's some stuff that I heard from Loki season two uh, that that kind of might reveal a little bit more of that. Uh, but keep keep we're gonna keep going here. Uh, we got one big ass reveal that we all were were hoping for. Uh, Werewolf by Night is officially announced, directed by Michael Giacchino, out next month. Giacchino talks about the 30s, 40s horror movies that inspired him to make Werewolf by Night. Uh, we will be uh, taking talking about that trailer in trailer time, so we're, we're going to just skip over it. But yeah, I am so happy that this is finally confirmed and we're getting it next month. So I'm, I'm very much I'm stoked for it. Um, after that, we got some more trailers, which we're going to talk about. And then we moved into a another confirmation uh armor wars is still happening i was so concerned i didn't know if if this was going to be a thing uh but yes don Cheadle uh was on stage he confirmed uh they haven't begun production yet but it is six episodes and it will actually follow secret invasion it'll it'll be directly tied to secret invasion uh which again we will be talking about more in a little bit uh but as i mentioned loki season two they took to stage the entire cast, and dude, this is probably my favorite reveal of the. And entire I'm going to butcher his name. Kihui Kwan has been casted in Loki season two. Uh, he joked on stage that he thought he was here for the Indiana Jones <laughs> panel, which I thought was absolutely. I'm sure that got a huge laugh in the audience, yeah. um, and and the audience was was privy to some Loki footage exclusive to them. Some people have already been on Twitter talking about what they saw. Um, I think someone, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but they talked about how in some of the footage there was there was like this chiseling uh, at a statue and that revealed multiple variant faces of Kang. So Kang is going to be very important in this series as well, which I think is is absolutely great. Jonathan Majors is, is such a fantastic actor, and I think what he's going to be able to do with this character in all the multitudes and, and different ways that he's playing Kang is be someone different. Also, shout out to Kihui Kwan for, you know, I think with everything everywhere all at once, he, you know, he, he talked about how he wasn't fully sure if he was ready to to jump back into acting. And now he's just getting all these opportunities. Um, he's also going to be in a series called American Born Chinese uh, that's coming to Disney Plus as well. And so it's just awesome to see this guy blowing up like let's go man let's get him back let's into go, the, man. The, he's, he's a he's a superstar and i'm 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 so happy for him and you know he's he got huge huge massive applause at the panel so um yeah mm -hmm. man i'm so happy apparently he's going to be playing like a TVA I would have lost yeah. archivist or something like that um so yeah. i think that's like the perfect role for him kind of being this sort of for nervous sure. sort of character of like, I don't know if I should be doing this with you, Mr. Loki, but I'm going to help you out anyways. And I'm so stoked. But he has to have some badass martial arts skills like he did in Everything Everywhere All at Once. So I I'm, I was thrilled when I saw this pop up on my Twitter. I literally, I audibly was like, what? I was <laughs> thrilled. So this was definitely one of the highlights for me. As soon as I heard that they said he was going to be like a, a TVA archivist or something like that, I immediately thought that maybe this is going to be the guy that, you know, believes Loki and the only one mm. in this new TVA that we got left off at the end of the last season. What if this is his only friend instead of Mo uh, Mobius, which I think would be, again, a really cool exploration uh, to see, again, Loki being thought of as the crazy guy. And I love the idea that you just brought up, Justin, as well, of like, 
maybe he yeah he we see him and he's super nervous and he's like very quiet but then when when shit hits the fan he pulls out all the stops and starts kicking ass and then loki's just like where did that come from like i cannot come from yeah. i'm so excited yeah. for it i'm so happy for him <laughs> it's gonna be great yeah man yeah absolutely um after that as you mentioned nate uh there was nothing to reveal about fantastic four other than matt Shackman is officially directing fantastic four it for um so that's all no casting news i think this was a very direct way of feige saying to everyone who thought that he that this was going to be a reveal it ain't happening today yeah hold your horses <laughs> it's fine and especially with the fantastic four's history with king because that they are kind of the ones that fight him almost just as much as the avengers i feel like i mean King is a descendant of Reed Richards in the comics. So I feel like maybe they're waiting for some more Kang lore to come out before they decide to introduce this family, especially if they're going to be going back to the 60s or 70s to, to introduce them as a, um, a team at that point. And I think fans need to remember that, like, this is the villain that they're setting up as the next Thanos. So look at how long it took for us to get to Thanos, but also remember the fact that we didn't know about Thanos as you know where the story was going when phase one started so we're kind of back there again i think people need to have more of a mental reset to understand hey i'm not you know we're, we're not immediately about to jump into the final uh movie that was announced at the end of you know phase i guess what is it six so mm-hmm. like i think calm down relax it's fine we got a lot of time and there's so much content in between yeah, I totally agree, though, Nate. I think everyone just needs to blow their role. There's so much that we need to, to get to, and I, I think you're absolutely right, Darcy. I think the Fantastic Four play such an important part to Kang's story that I think what they're doing is they're they're building up Kang, and then we're going to get introduced to the Fantastic Four and understand how they play a larger part in potentially resolving the conflict with with Kang. So I think it's it's the slow burn, and yeah, we'll we'll get news. I, I I'm. We'll we'll get it. I I don't know if we'll get it by the end of this year. Maybe they save it for something next year. So we'll see. We also got confirmation that Echo has wrapped filming uh, and new footage was shown and the footage confirms Wilson Fisk will return. He has a a bandage over his his left eye, uh, which is obviously subsequent from the gunshot wound uh, at the end of Hawkeye. Uh, The series will explore Maya's indigenous history. Love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a cool and, and a, a, a cool looking bionic leg attachment. And um, her battle with the tracksuits uh, using uh, deafening sound amps. Like it's there, there was a lot of stuff that was shown that puts this up in the sort of area of being an origin story, but with badass action. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to flash back and forth. And I think, you know, we, we kind of uh, anticipated that the series would focus on her indigenous history as soon as we saw that uh, Devery Jacobs um from uh, reservation dogs uh fame was was cast so i'm i'm super stoked for this i i love the idea of her using uh deafening sound amps to to go up against the track suits who are just so dumb they have no idea what to expect um and and it you know that kind of reminds me a little bit of some of the the tactics that a lot of the characters in uh, the apple tv plus show see 
did where they kind of, mm. you know, they would wear masks that cover their face, but not their ears because that's how they see. Um, it's kind of yeah. going the other way with uh, with her being able to use the fact that she, she can't hear to as an advantage in, in this combat situation. So I'm, I'm super stoked for this man. And I, I'm I'm happy that uh, that Wilson Fisk is absolutely confirmed yeah. to be coming back with that eye patch. Yeah, and as you mentioned, the the cast was on on the stage uh, talking about Echo, and, and Vincent D'Onofrio was one of the cast members that was there, and he actually stayed on stage after the Echo panel, and Charlie Cox joined him on stage to talk about Daredevil Born Again, uh, which will begin production in 2023. It's an 18-episode series. They gave us a new logo treatment uh which i'm sure will change the next time we talk about this because <laughs> yeah. these logos just keep changing yeah. every time um and yeah it seems like there there was a great candid shot of them on stage kind of with their arms around of each other being very excited to be back doing these playing these characters and you know i think fans are obviously gonna love that uh speaking of new logos though we also got a new logo uh for captain america new world order um which is great not necessarily as great as the other news that came which is tim blake nelson will return as the leader for captain america new world order as the main villain um but if our listeners have been following us on watch club we've been we've been kind of dropping hints that he might show up in that series. Um, is this like a subtle confirmation that he might? Or are we like, will he be referenced? I, I don't know. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because, I mean, you got, like you said, there was nothing ready to show from Daredevil when Charlie Cox came out. But apparently the panel got to see footage from the upcoming She-Hulk show where he'll make his appearance. So I'm wondering oh, okay. if this is, again, another like another way that they're confirming that, yeah, we're going to get the leader as well, but we won't show you his look yet. Because you we already know what Char, uh, what Matt Murdock and Daredevil look like. So that was nothing so. new to see. So I think that if that's the way they're going to play this, then I'm, I'm looking forward to his appearance. I'm also <laughs> just wondering yeah. if it means that he he isn't you know what i mean like because now now we know if he's supposed to be focused as the big bad i could see at the very most instead of him because we were kind of theorizing that he would be the main big bad for the series maybe he's going to be the tease at the very end that's going to allow his character to lead into captain america new world order because i honestly believe that that is the direction because again given what they've established with with tim, uh, tim blake nelson's character in the mcu he's fascinated with the hulk blood right because of the existence of the of the super soldier formula and i wonder if that's a bit of the sort of carry through from she-hulk into captain america uh new world order is his desire to possess that power and to to harness it if you will to we also saw that carl lumbly will return as isaiah bradley uh yes in, in the movie which is dope and apparently uh julia sona described it as a paranoid thriller so that seems um pretty intriguing i love the i, I want to go back to that logo really quick i love that it looks like the shield but it also kind of has the wings uh the wings, and they yeah. they also confirmed uh as well that danny ramirez uh will be joining again from the uh falcon and winter soldier as falcon he is the new Falcon, which was only hinted at before, and now we've got an actual confirmation. Yeah, they wouldn't give him those wings and let him walk away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I feel like they were, without having to say he is the next Falcon, they they very much did say so. So that, to me, wasn't a huge surprise, 
But yeah, like it'll be interesting to see how the leader sort of fits into this because New World Order is definitely very much attached to something with the Red Skull um, and his desire to to kind of bring about a new world order. Um, I'm wondering if if this storyline from the comics is they're just kind of doing a different take with it with the leader at the center of it rather than the Red Skull, because I think we've now moved away from that unless somehow he brings back the Red Skull. I don't know. I'm getting into some some weary. Well, Isaiah Bradley <laughs> does have a history with, you know, with Hydra. Right. And, and, and that was the whole portion of his backstory. So it's very possible that there could be some something linking the two together there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, then from there, we moved into the Thunderbolts reveal, uh, which gave us our first look at the entire team. Uh, and we have David Harbour back as the Red Guardian. Uh, Ghost is going to be a part of the team. Wyatt Russell back as U.S. agent. The Taskmaster is also a part of this group. And yes, Florence Pugh as Yelena is, is in it as well. And Bucky Barnes, Sebastian Woo! Stan is also in it. Um, the big question, I guess, is will Abomination and Zemo be in it? Or like, is it something that we may see like revealed in in this movie? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, reveal at the end or like halfway through the movie that the person that uh, Val is getting all her, you know, plans and, and ideas from is Zemo in captivity still. Abomination is a bit more of a stretch because, again, they've like, with the most recent appearance in She-Hulk, I feel like they kind of confirm that he's going to be settling down a bit more and it might be some time before we see him, you know, become the abomination. Oh, Thunderbolts in, too. Yeah. Thunderbolts, maybe something like that. Uh, I'm really stoked for David Harbour coming back though because he was fantastic as Red Guardian and I can't wait to see, again, the banter with what they have as the cast uh, and again, they conf I think they confirmed during the panel that Taskmaster will be uh, the Taskmaster we saw in Black Widow with the actress returning. Oh, okay. Can't remember her name right now. It's Olga... And the last name is slipping me, but I know, I believe they confirmed that she's returning. So it's going to be really cool to see. Cool. Again, at least the, the three of them re reunited on the screen again, and, and their relationship will go from there. <laughs> right. I, I think that's really good. I, I love uh, the dynamic, too, of what you're going to have here, right? Like, especially if you have someone like Taskmaster interacting with someone like Ghost. Do you know what I mean? Which who seemingly look very similar to one another, and I'm wondering if what their combo fight moves will look like. Um, so that that's really interesting. But I also think it's cool that I think some of these characters we saw as uh, represented in the Marvel Zombies uh, concept art. So I'm wondering like if this is going to come out, and then later zombies will kind of go further with like an adaptation of the Thunderbolts zombie story. Do you well, know what I mean? Like incorporate some of them. They could be the surviving heroes that we have, and maybe like, right. we saw all the main heroes fell pretty quickly. So maybe this is what they, the best they could scrap together. And then we have U.S. Agent and uh, and and you know Bucky Barnes again, yet another yes. really intriguing sort of dynamic for for them to play with. Um, but yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what they do with the Thunderbolts. I'm glad we at least got a confirmation of who. You know, if we're not going to get a Fantastic Four confirmation of who's going to be in that movie, at least we got a confirmation of who we're going to see in the Thunderbolts. So I'm excited for that. Um, from there, we moved into the Marvels. Uh, this is coming out in July of 2023. Uh, the cast took to the stage Brie Larson, Tiona Paris, and Iman Vellani. Uh, with director Nia DaCosta. Uh, the trailer for the Marvels looks incredible. Kamala, Carol, and 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 Monica 
their light powers are, are entangled. Uh, Captain Rambo as as uh, as astronaut uh, uh, at Saber Space Station with Fury. So we we see that apparently in the footage. Uh, Monica touches a, a light field. Kamala is now in the spacesuit and she just waves at Fury apparently. And uh, Monica crashes on a moon uh, with Kree warriors. Uh, this was all recanted by uh, uh, E.A. Voss from New Rockstars. Um, so it, it's it's interesting that it looks like what we got as a stinger at the end of uh, Miss Marvel is definitely going to play a huge part in, as it says, their powers are entangled and they're switching spots. Might be a bit more of a comedy by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be intriguing. I think the the idea of almost like a Freaky Friday kind of storyline yeah, uh, is what they're yeah, maybe exactly. gonna go Stole for. The words out of my mouth, yeah, dude. And I, I think it, it fits really well with with what they're trying to do. And I also think it's gonna be intriguing to see, um, you know, Monica uh, and and uh, Carol kind of interacting as well because I know they're they're not on the the best of terms so I think the idea is that Kamala is going to probably be the one to, to bring know, them together bring them together and I could totally see them playing with that she could she might do like mm-hmm. a parent trap on them or something like that and then you'll hear <laughs> you'll hear Carol say something like you totally parent trapped us and Kamala's like I have no idea what you're talking about like I could see them kind of playing with those ideas um, I could, but yeah I could man, see her going parent trap <laughs> I could see her. I like how you just managed, trap, but I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also like how you just managed to do two Lindsay Lohan references in like one. Yeah, theory. exactly. <laughs> Disney, 100%. Disney, Lindsay Lohan movies too. Like, just let's just let's just call it what it is. Yeah, it's, man, it's all there. You could you could definitely do that. I love that idea, and I think that you know, yeah, you're right. I think Monica and Carol maybe wanting to protect Kamala. And like wanting to help her and and figure out who she is and stuff like that because she is still on this journey. Uh, that might be the conduit for them to understand, you know, and strengthen their own relationship by caring for her, right? So I I it, I think that there's a lot there that that'll help bring that together. But I'm interested to see, uh, you know, um, Captain Rambo and and Carol finally interact and and see what this is all about. And I I we were, I was reading somewhere that. The idea is that they all three of them switch places anytime they try to use their powers. So something's going on that's causing them to switch places uh, that obviously they'll have to figure out. But um, but I think that really gives us confirmation, you know, spoilers for Miss Marvel, but gives us confirmation that uh, at the end of Miss Marvel, really what happened there um, in terms of them them switching places. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of if they go right from that moment because we do know that uh the director for this movie did actually direct that moment in this shoot that scene mm-hmm. yeah yeah shot that scene yeah, yeah. Uh, and i find it interesting i mean the word that uh ea voss used said he said entang- their powers were entangled i'm assuming that that must have been dropped in the footage that they saw and that just leads me to think you know quantum entanglement which is something we have exactly heard either in the mcu or in pop culture before so it'd be interesting to see if this even has ties to quantum mania at some point because again quantum power is clearly very diverse in in the way it manifests so i'm very intrigued right. to see if there's a connection there yep I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, And with that, that was the end of the Marvel portion. And the last little bit was left to 20th Century Studio. And of course, they were there to plug the Avatar series. Uh, So it was revealed that Avatar (laughs) 2 and 3 were filmed back to back. And Avatar 4 has just begun filming. So 
uh, it looks like we're going to have Avatar in our lives for, for quite some time, uh, for at least the next uh, foreseeable, I'd say, seven to eight years, yeah. uh, given depending on the release strategy of these movies, because, I don't know, two is coming out later this year. If they were to do it next year, then that's great for three, and then, I don't know, four happens the year after, but... Let's, we'll well when they announced I mean I feel like they already announced that two and three were filmed at the same time I feel like that's maybe all news or it was already speculated that they were doing that but again mm. when going back to their release schedule if you check out on IMDB I mean who knows how trustworthy that is but they have a movie every two years for the next eight years they're planning on an, a two-year release schedule so like you said it might be around for a while uh, I hope it's as breathtaking as the first one and that the story it doesn't get old very quickly yeah I'm just yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to converting to avatarism and James Cameron, our our, our leader, uh, will take us into the future where we won't need 3D glasses to see in 3D. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. I I like how you're saying that. I mean, I've seen pictures of you as an avatar. So I'm already inducted. I mean... I'm already inducted. Let me know if you need a... Um, that yeah. was a wild day. That, that was, was a, a wild <laughs> day. Was yeah. Everyone was shocked yeah. that you came in that day <laughs> looking like that. Um, and that was that was it for in terms of the news reveals of of things. Um, I think though, with sorry, let me just do that again. Well, that is it for all the news and reveals. So with that out of the way, we got some trailers to talk about. And with the help of Kevin, who may not be here physically, he's here always spiritually. It's trailer time. All right. Our first trailer uh, was actually the first thing that we saw that was revealed in this this panel from Lucasfilm. It was the final trailer for Andor. Uh, this is Tony Gilroy is is behind this series. Andor will explore a new perspective from the Star Wars galaxy, focusing on Cassian Andor's journey to discover the difference he can make. The series brings forward the tale of the burgeoning rebellion against the Empire and how people and planets became involved. It's an era filled with danger, deception, and intrigue where Cassian will embark on the path that is destined to turn him into a rebel hero. Nate, who is who's starring in this lovely series? I'd love to tell you. Of course, we've got our main man, Diego Luna. We got Genevieve O'Reilly returning, uh, as well as Mon Mothma. We got Stellan Skarsgård, Adria Arjona, Denise Goh, and Kyle Soler, uh, as well as Fiona Shaw. And this is going to be streaming exclusively on Disney Plus September 21st. It's coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up, and it's actually a three-episode drop on the on September twenty-first. So we're, we're you're going to get three episodes to enjoy, uh, which is great. I think that um, you know, I think it's we can say I think now that enough, Nate and I were fortunate enough to uh, watch a handful of episodes mm-hmm. and, and uh, before some upcoming interviews, which will be coming later next week. Uh, and yeah, it's it's this show deserves three episodes to premiere it because it is it is something and i loved what we got in this new trailer we really do see the sort of political turmoil that is you know manifesting itself in the galaxy and the sort of spy thriller vibe is really cemented in this in this trailer right um and yeah i think it's it's so it's such a different time it's such a different perspective in this in in the star wars galaxy that i think is going to this trailer very much showcases it's it's different it's so different yeah totally i mean it's really setting the stakes for what's to come in this series i mean uh like i said it's 
a time that we know is already ripe with a lot of the Empire being almost at full power. So it looks like we're going to get a lot of, uh, again, underdog stories and how, how the Rebellion truly came to be, which I think will be a really cool uh, mm-hmm. journey. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. It- as Justin said, we, we got to see a few series. Now you're feeling FOMO, Darcy. <laughs> we got to see a few episodes already. Uh, <laughs> but um, but no, you know what? I'm 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 actually really stoked. I don't know why I didn't realize it before. But uh, Eben Moss uh, Backrack, who if you've watched The Bear, uh, you know is absolutely excellent. He plays Cousin Richie on The Bear. And he's going to be in this show, uh, which is super dope. And I... I didn't really see him a lot. So I don't know how much of a, a role he's going to have, but um, I'm hyped to see him in this now that I've watched that show. And this, you know, the this show continues to look super beautiful in a, in a dark way. Um, you know, we got the confirmation that it, a lot of it really wasn't shot on the volume. It was shot on location. Um, and I, I loved seeing the half you know, clone half stormtrooper phase armor uh, in this yeah, trailer yeah, confirmed. Yeah. Um, and then also Denise Goat, who plays uh, Dedra Miro, uh, the, the ISB supervisor, she just looks super intimidating. Um, she's like, you know, we have to drill down and get a hunt started. And uh, fun facts, little tease. Uh, we might have had the opportunity to interview her as well as someone else from this series. So uh, look forward mm-hmm. to that conversation real soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved I loved, uh, you know, we got we got more of a look at, at Forrest Whitaker, uh, his return as uh, uh, Saw Gerrera, um, which I think is great because, you know, in at least even in, in Rogue One, it was very much instilled that he had a, a huge influence with the rebellion and, and the and the movement itself. So I think it's great to to have that connectivity here. I know a lot of people were a bit confused. I think the kind of funny guys were a bit confused about how this whole series was structured. I believe it, it is a 24 episode spy thriller, but it is broken up into two seasons. So this first 12 episodes, I believe take place five years before the events of rogue one. Um, and that's the entire season one. And then season two is a bit of a time jump. If I'm not mistaken from, from the beginning of the season to the end, it'll gradually get us to the events of rogue one. Um, and that's sort of the structure. It's, it's just two seasons. They're not going any further than that. And I think that's great. I think that's so great to say like, yeah, we want to do a 24 episodes seas series out of this and that's it, but we'll break it up and we'll, we'll tell that story in a different way. Yeah, it was confirmed at Celebration. Tony Gilroy himself said that uh, season one will focus on year one, uh, five years mm-hmm. before the events of New Hope and then, or Rogue One, sorry. And then the next uh, season, 12 episodes will be fo- focusing on the next four years leading up to the right. events of Rogue One. And it will directly Perfect. end and lead into Diego, or sorry, Andor's appearance in uh, Rogue One. So I think yes. it's like he's, he already has confirmed that. And again, I think it's a really good idea to clarify like what we're to expect from this uh the spy thriller exactly yeah i think after this i'm gonna watch all of this series and then watch rogue one and appreciate it probably that much more and probably say it's better than solo because it is so yeah because it it can be like awesome yes and as nate said we got more on that coming uh later this month i don't know exactly when but it'll be coming soon uh so make sure you're subscribed so we can you can hear all of those interviews and details little tease for you we don't really do teasers so that's that's one for you all right let's go to our next trailer uh again another lucasfilm trailer uh which was for willow uh this is from uh the series creator jonathan kasdan son of lawrence kasdan uh is the writer of this of this series um and he was he's been penned to be the one to have 
come up with this idea and wanting to bring it to life. Nate, can you uh, can you can you fill us in on what this uh, this movie's all about? Yeah, of course. This story, uh, you know, began with an aspiring magician from uh, a, a Nulwin. <laughs> I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Nulwin village, uh, and an infant girl destined to unite the realms, who just who together helped to destroy an evil queen and banish the forces of darkness. And that's like the original. And now, in a magical world where brownies, sorcerers, trolls, and other mystical creatures that's in the actual copy i'm not just calling people brownies uh magical <laughs> mystical creatures they all flourish uh and the adventure continues as an unlikely group of heroes set off on a dangerous quest to, uh, to places far beyond their home where they must face their inner demons and come together to save the world this is starring of course warwick davis uh we've got ruby cruz aaron kellyman uh ellie bamber tony revolori uh, I always want to call him Tony Ravioli, uh, Amber Chadha <laughs> Patel, Dempsey Brake, Joanne Wally, and and all, now we just learned today Christian Slater yeah. is also going to be wild uh, in this show. This is going to be streaming wild. on Disney Plus November thirtieth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, we saw some footage. I'm not sure if it was the same trailer or not at Celebration. We got so much between Celebration Comic Con and now. It's hard to remember what I saw where, but. I am more stoked than ever for this series. I've never been a big Willow fan, but with the the visuals we're getting in this trailer and then the you know announcement of Christian Slater in this world, I can't wait to see what magical journey that uh, Disney Plus is about to take us on. Yeah, and especially with fantasy being such a big pull right now, you got House of Dragons, The Return of Game of Thrones on HBO Max. You got you know Rings of Power, Lord of the Rings series on Amazon Prime, and yeah, it's great that you know. Disney is leveraging Lucasfilm's Willow property to bring it back to life and revitalize it and, and update it because the visuals in this looked awesome. Well, right, like they looked they looked really good. Here's what I'm gonna, I I agree with you. I think they the CGI looked good enough that it won't take me out of the experience. But I do think that the real key to this series, and it looks like they're doing this based off this trailer is going to be with the practical effects because I think that's what's going to bring it visually closer sure. to the original world for fans of the original. I will say I am not yeah. uh, a fan of the original, not because I don't like it, but I've never seen it as I pro you probably know by the fact that I don't know what brownies are. Um, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I will say this makes me want to go back to watch the movie that came out 34 years ago to understand 100%. what's going on. And, and it's cool. This is the first uh, non-Star Wars major project that Lucasfilm has done in quite some time. Um, so I'm really excited to see how they can tell stories outside of Star Wars because I think we need it. You know, we, Besides this and, and indie, there's not really much to, to go off of. So um, I am stoked. And I, I do think... It looks like it's not going to take itself too seriously. The supporting cast looks no, great. Exactly. Um, Flash Thompson from Spider-Man, Tony Ravioli, as I call them. Uh, we've also got Aaron Kellyman, uh, who obviously you might know from uh, the not as good as Rogue One movie Solo, but also Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, and yeah, man, I'm this this trailer got me way more hyped than uh, than when we were at Star Wars Celebration, and and. I, I feel like it's probably just because we're getting a more of a mix of trailers here, whereas at Star Wars Celebration, sure. my mind was just like, I don't care about Willow. Just show me more Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi right now. So, um, yeah, man, this is this looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree. I, I, I think the big thing for it is what you said. It's, it's not going to take itself too seriously. It is going to have fun with it. It does feel very, supposed to be very much like The Princess Bride, where it, it doesn't necessarily take itself too seriously, but it lives in that fantasy world. Mm -hmm. 
and it has fun with it. I think this is obviously a little bit more scaled, but I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing maybe a little bit of camp. You know what I mean? Like it, I, it'll be okay, especially given the fact of where it's coming from and it's in it's in the original Willow. Uh, I watched it a long time ago. I will definitely have to be rewatching it before I check this this out on uh, November 30th. Again, very close. All right, next one uh, was one that we kind of hinted at. Tales of the Jedi from showrunner Dave Filoni. Uh, each episode of, the, of Tales of the Jedi tells a short story featuring Jedi from the Star Wars prequel trilogy era. The six episodes are split into two paths. The first following Ahsoka Tano across various points in her life and the other depicting a young Count Dooku before his fall to the dark side of the force. Uh, this is starring Liam Neeson. Michael Richardson is also in this, uh, who is Liam Neeson's son. Janina G- Gavankar is also in it. Matt Lanter and Ashley Eckstein from the Clone Wars animated series. And uh, yeah, all episodes, all six episodes will be streaming exclusively on Disney+. Plus. October 26th. Yes, just around the corner. I'm so stoked for this. I'm really excited. This uh, this is the same trailer that Darcy and I saw at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, Dave Filoni was saying that he wrote these while he was on plane trips. Uh, and I got to say, baby Ahsoka is coming for you, Grogu, okay? So just be ready. She's super cute. Um, and that was actually the episode that Darcy and I got to see was the one with baby Ahsoka in the forest with the giant saber-toothed cat. And Ahsoka's mom is actually voiced by uh, Janita Gavankar, uh, which is super dope as well. Um, but yeah, man, Matt Lanter and Anakin uh, as Anakin and then Ashley Eckstein as Snips is so dope. I never thought that we'd get to see them again after the end of Clone Wars. So I'm really excited to see them, and especially at this point in the timeline. Not only that, I mean, in the trailer, you, we clearly see Obi-Wan in the background. So, I mean, maybe it's not going to be at the same time, but to get an animated version of both Anakin and Obi-Wan so soon after uh, the live-action Obi-Wan series finishes is kind of surreal, and I'm, I'm really excited to see that aspect. I'm also really stoked for for. Uh, Dooku like seeing him with a blue lightsaber getting to see the sort of um, good version of Dooku but then obviously he's going to fall to the dark side Uh, and at the Tales panel Dave Filoni was going on about like this series is going to get extremely dark and I think it looks like that here where he's trying to like protect his people Um, and then we also at one point see Padme's funeral which I don't know how that's going to play into it but I I'm wondering if if this means that like Ahsoka is going to be at Padme's funeral, like hidden, which would be oh. wild to think uh, that she was there all along. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm cool, super stoked. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. You know, though, that Filoni has got more in his hat. Like the fact that it's, it's only six episodes yeah. is kind of like makes me upset but then again we're getting 16 episodes of bad batch and as you said it's like does it need to be 16 episodes right right so <laughs> you know what i mean so i'll be interested to see like this is such a cool concept telling stories uh around you know iconic characters in star wars telling like these parts of their lives and how they kind of come to be the characters that we know i think again even just as you pointed out watching count dooku's descent it'll be interesting to watch and see how maybe filoni plays with establishing some parallels from anakin and and his descent and and the things that we saw and how you can kind of play off of that so yeah i think that this is so smart to you know I know it's a prequel. Kevin hates prequels. I know he doesn't like those prequels, but I love the idea of 
going back and looking at the things that we didn't get to see. Yeah, we know where a character ends up and he gets his head sliced. Spoilers if you haven't seen Star Wars. But, you know, again, it's it's really great that we're going to have a little bit more of a background because that's always interesting to me. It's like, how does he become this character? Right. It's probably because of Star yeah. Wars, though. <laughs> I mean, it's funny you mentioned that because I think I feel like I've talked about it on the podcast before, I, maybe even after uh, the first time we got to see some stuff from Tales of the Jedi. But uh, Dooku Jedi Lost by uh, Kevin Scott is an incredible insight already to the fall of Dooku. So I'm wondering how Filoni plays with that already existing story and works into stuff we maybe we've already seen there or is he reimagining stuff or telling us stuff we don't know about personally I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of Dooku and Saifo Diaz's relationship as they were best friends as Padawan so I mean it'd be really cool to see if that the fall of his friend is maybe what kind of starts kicking him on that uh, journey to the dark side yeah man I think that would be that would be dope and to kind of see again kind of what Justin was saying, like, how does that mirror, you know, between Anakin and and the, I think it's very purposeful that they are going to be having these stories on one side and the other, and I think they're going to not necessarily tie to each other canonically from a, a you know, uh, they're not going to the characters aren't going to interact, but the storylines are going to you know play off of each other. I will say as as important as it is to talk about the fact that we got Qui-Gon, we got young Qui-Gon, we got Mace Windu back, you know, Dooku's there, Ahsoka, Anakin, you know, Obi-Wan. I know where you're going with this. I just, come on, dude. <laughs> Yaddle is in yep. this show for the first time ever. She's battling with a lightsaber and specifically battling Dooku, which is so dope if you watch this trailer, how it cuts between her fight with him and then Anakin's fight with, uh, or sorry, Ahsoka's fight with the Inquisitor. Like, the way they sort of tr- clip uh, back to you know back to back there's just so dope I'm so excited for this series and Darcy you've been saying lately how great Disney is doing with their short form content and I have to agree like these look super focused right where Bad Batch is going to have those episodes and those arcs that feel focused this show is going to be because it's only six episodes and because the episodes are so short it has to stay it's, locked it on that narrative focused. and I'm so stoked yeah. for it man I'm so excited yeah. for this I mean, it's great that you bring up that short form content just because before we move on here, uh, I've talked about the show with my mom before and she said she kind of seemed interested, but being able to show her this trailer and then explain how it's only six episodes and we'll get a, a concise story of characters she's been introduced to through the live action stuff. She was like, you know, this may be an AMA show that I, I check out. And I have a feeling that a lot of people might be thinking that way because of how easily consumable they're, they're presenting it as. Oh, yeah. It's very self. It's 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 very self gratifying in that. If someone hasn't watched the animated show and they watch that, they might be interested and go watch the animated series after, right? Like this is obviously for hardcore fans though too, right? Because these are for the people that have 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 wanted to see more of these characters explored in in the animated capacity. So I think it's again, bravo. I think it's it's going to be good. Now, just a question for you guys. You did say you watched the first episode. Mm-hmm. Was there what was the runtime for it? 20 minutes? 15 minutes? I think it was about, about 15, 15 to 20, yeah. Ju- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So it could be like it could just be close to like if it's under a half hour, then that's great, obviously. But again, given that there's no commercials, it's Disney Plus, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the format and as you said, Nate, the the need for this series to stay focused, how it stays focused on on the narrative that it's telling. So it, it, that's I'm excited for it. Uh, yeah, October 26, 2022, right around the corner. Um, then we got The Mandalorian Season 3 uh, from 
showrunners Jean, Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni. The third season of The Mandalorian sees Din Djarin traveling to Mandalore to redeem his past transgressions with his companion Grogu. Returning, of course, is Pedro Pascal, Katie Sackhoff, Carl Weathers, Giancarlo Esposito, Emily Swallow, Omid Abtahi, Amy Sedaris, and newcomer, guest to the show, Mr. Christopher Lloyd. What? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was confirmed a while ago. We didn't see him ago. in the trailer, yeah. but... Yeah, that was confirmed a while ago. We didn't yeah. see him in the trailer, but um, now this the trailer does say streaming exclusively on Disney Plus in 2023, but I think, as you guys were mentioning, some people at the panel were referencing february 2023 mm-hmm. like they were tweeting that out yeah. so it could be coming february 2023 take that with a grain of salt uh but this was this the trailer you guys saw so this was this was uh this was similar to the extended trailer that we got at celebration it seems like it might have been a mashup what they did was they definitely have structured it differently i remember the moment of him flying over the destroyed mandalore was like the big reveal at the end mm-hmm. of the trailer mm-hmm. that we got the second trailer that we got uh for this show or for this season um but it definitely here it was closer to the beginning i also don't remember the music uh, in this trailer being the same. Like, this music was dope. Mm-hmm. I really loved it. It was sick. I also recall a star fight that I don't think we saw in this trailer that was in our extended cut. Mm-hmm. Like, we got a lot of longer shots focusing on stuff that were, were more quickly referenced in this more released... Uh, the, in this trailer released today. Yeah, but I, I will say, like, I love Grogu's new upgraded pram with a little light on it. Like... I want him to get like maybe some guns next time, like some blasters and just blast people around. But um, I'm wondering if maybe he outgrew his like his old pram. Um, and I also wanted to shout out Grief Karga has got some major drip going on. I love it. I love the idea that like this settlement on Navarro is just getting better and better with him back as a magistrate uh, yet again because he he used to be a magistrate before he was uh, he was taken out of it. So it's a very um, kind of like an old western trope to to have like the town that gets built up uh as you revisit it over and over again so um yeah man i'm stoked i, I can't wait to see him back again i sense some deception from mr carl weathers <gasps> though i think he is going to screw over din Djarin, and oh. uh, i i think that he might play a part in because what i'm loving about this trailer is how how focused it is on katie sackoff really being uh din Djarin's opposite uh, them going at it, you know, really di- deep diving deep into uh, the the history of Mandalore. Um, I'm really happy to see Katie Sackhoff uh, really leaning into this in a live action capacity and bringing to life her animated character in, in such a fantastic way. And yeah, I'm exci- I'm excited to see it, especially after given the fact that we we were able to see her talk and that that that. Ex- that amount of passion and love that she has for doing these kind of stories, I think it very much shows even just in the in the little glimpses that we see her in this this teaser. Um, and I also I think that yeah, I think Grogu's kind of growing up. Is that like he kind of looks like he's he might be mature? It'll be great if we get to a point where he's like a, a like a, almost like a teen Groot, but he's like a teen Grogu. I'd, I'd be okay like with attitude. I'd be okay without like, that. Actually, I don't know about that one. I don't know about <laughs> I mean, I hope that grief doesn't turn turn traitor i mean he literally he kind of owes his life to the little green guy i don't i don't see that'd be that would hurt if he you know yeah him. <laughs> i'm just wondering though if like either willingly or not willingly he plays a part in you know kind of helping uh bo katan in some way well there there you know i think with the rise of the first order 
Um, I feel like you're right. It is very possible that, you know, because Star Wars and politics go hand in hand, like maybe we do yeah. get to see a little bit of uh, moments where he's sort of playing both sides. And that's that's how he's able to ascend as a magistrate so quickly uh, in this series and, and get back to because his rightful he has place. Drip. Right. And he, he gets that drip because he was he was disgraced as a magistrate. So this was maybe a, an opportunity for him. Um, but he maybe yeah, maybe he's doing some seedy stuff. I will say, though, there's a commemorative statue of IG-11 uh, and it shows yes. how, you know, Navarro, Navarro is is just they're very open to droid kind and it's they're more accepting, you know, unlike the Moss Eisley cantina back in the day. Right. With getting the <laughs> we don't serve your kind. And so um, I think that's dope. And I also think um, it looks like Mando's got to come around to working with droids again because we do see him flying with R5 at one point. And I love seeing <laughs> when Amy Sedaris like bops R5 on the on the top of the dome and then a little piece falls off like he's just always the broken droid it looks it's it's I'm so stoked for that uh it looks like Bo-Katan is hanging out either in the ruins of Mandalore she might be on Concordia uh which is the moon uh, it's just off of Mandalore um and I think she's with a group of like true Mandalorians or like a, a group of Mandalorians right. that fall under sort of her side and I think we're gonna be getting because um, she talks about Di- you know Din's uh, cult, and we also get to see the armorer at one point in this trailer as well. And I'm wondering if we're gonna get another you know I guess this time a live action civil war of sorts of all these different Mandalorians coming together. And and he goes there to make you know make up for his transgressions, but he ends up taking sides with Bo Katan and and maybe the armorer uh, who is I know a huge fan favorite, but I th- I could totally see them making her the big bad of this season i think would be really cool that's interesting i like that i like making her the bad guy i wonder as well too if like is it death watch mm-hmm. that was the mandalorian group mm-hmm. like isn't that the all pure mandalore group or is that am i just about am i forgetting something i mean they definitely had more um uh, they they had more strict rules for sure. Um, I don't know if they were as far as like this cult, but it's very possible, especially with sure. you know Paz Vizla uh, being a part of this cult, that maybe a lot of that rules those rules came into this group, and this group maybe only took those even further uh, as well, they were kind of hiding and 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 maybe saw that as a I way to say like, cool, we're we'll only be more safe if we follow these rules further and further. It would make sense that uh, like the Death Watch wanting to fill their numbers after lose uh, fa- like taking such a terrible loss at the end of uh, the you know first civil war on Mandalore. Uh, so maybe it's something like in order to fill their numbers and, and prove that they still have a right to rule. This whole helmet thing means like you, if you take your helmet off, they can prove you weren't born there type thing. So maybe it's something along those lines. Interesting. I will also just say, as excited as we are for all this stuff. The most important things, obviously, we got a Kowakian monkey lizard tree, and that is fantastic. They're all living it up on Navarro, because the last time we saw them on Navarro, they were on a spit being turned around, or maybe it was in Book of Boba Fett. But it, regardless, they were, you know, they're getting eaten. So here, they're they're obviously free range. They're they're running around. They're super happy. But the most important thing in this trailer, the most important oh, thing, Darcy. Yeah. Yaddle is going to... No, not Yaddle. Babu Frick is going to be in this season. And I really wholeheartedly think it is Babu Frick because he says, hey, hey, and it's absolutely got to be him. I don't care. He's probably... He he ages. He's, you know, he's probably got a long lifespan. But in the trailer that we got at Celebration, 
we actually got to see a family of Babu Fricks, which is even better if we get to see his whole family hanging out. And they're all like, hey, 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 hey. And I cannot wait to see this Babu Frick family. Um, whatever episode that is, that will be my well, five out would- of five favorite episode of season three. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But he would also be because he would have been older in the last jet uh in the rise of skywalker where we saw yeah. him so this this is him younger mm-hmm. that's interesting babu boy frick that could, that could boy be... baby babu frick <laughs> babu boy... <laughs> baby babu baby frick babu. yeah that's i love it I that's love it. there you go there you go all right so that was it from the lucas films trailers uh let's get into the marvel studios trailers uh and we only got two is that right yeah, there's only two that were given to us. Okay. Yeah, during right. this panel, I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So two trailers. Uh, the first one was for one that we were talking about earlier. Uh, finally confirmed, Marvel Studios special presentation, Werewolf by Night. Uh, this is directed by Michael Giacchino. Uh, Nate, what what is this? What is this all about? Well, listen, there's no official premise, but as far as the as you know, what it's been saying online, it looks like this is going to set, be setting up uh, a literal game of werewolf. A lot of people are speculating uh, where a group of hunters are assembled to capture a real werewolf, uh, but you know they they cannot tell that it's it's Gael Garcia Bernal uh, as long as his character of Jack Russell remains in his human form. So there's going to be kind of um, I could see them sort of playing with the idea that they all don't necessarily know who the werewolf is. Um, the the Werewolf by Night uh, trailer reveals Jack will very much turn into the werewolf uh, at some point, and the entire group will uh, will have to hunt him down. Uh, this is starring Gael Garcia Bernal, Laura Donnelly, Harriet Sansom, uh, sorry, Harriet Sansom Harris, three names there, Eugenie uh, Bondurant, and Jacob Maya. And this is really around the corner, October 7th on Disney+. Plus. Let's go, dude. dude. I'm so stoked for this. I am... I'm so stoked. This trailer was fire. It was absolute fire because it was so different from anything else. And I think such an important time, given the fact of where we're at with She-Hulk, how alternative it is from everything else in the MCU with this sort of fourth wall breaking. This almost feels very fourth wall breaking in its 30s and 40s horror aesthetic that, that you know, Giacchino was talking about in at the panel about being a source of inspiration. And I love it. I love the the, the black and white nature of it. Also, really interesting that we got our Marvel Studio presentation. I was going like, to say title sequence. At well, the beginning. I think that's going to be so different. I, it's a multiverse. Well, no. <laughs> you see, my thought on it is that that's also what they're going to use for the holiday special. And like 100%. going forward, anything 100%. that sort of is uh, outside Can of it, right. I could totally yeah. see them doing that. But this looks wild. I think and contained. it's, it's going to be very much um, like a more extreme play, I think, on the concepts that we got with WandaVision. I think, um, you know, especially with Chikino bringing up the 30s and 40s horror movies, I think that's going to be very much at play here with, with the look and the tone. But um, I think it's going to feel like non-canon, but then there's going to be something really small that's going to come into TVA. play. Yeah, well, and I was going to... TVA. You I see gonna, those TVA prunies? I was going to say, yeah. I think um, I think maybe, because we see them fighting each other, they're pruning each other at one point, I think maybe this is going to end up being a branch timeline that has gone horribly wrong. And that this will directly tie into Loki season two. Um, so I could totally see with their involvement. But Darcy, I wanted to bring something up as well. Man-Thing. Did you see Man-Thing? And, and I don't know anything about Man-Thing. But do you know about Man-Thing? I 
didn't see. I was very confused by this trailer. <laughs> I'm trying to follow it. It was very, again, very pulpy and everything in its uh, inspiration. But Man Thing uh, is a nexus of all realities. So it'd be kind of funny if you do mention the fact that uh, he would appear in Loki because he is very much a constant throughout the multiverse. But he is basically just like. Again, the, the center of all universes kind of passes through Man-Thing's body. Whoa. And he gained sentience when someone had a car accident and his body fell in the swamp and then merged with this center of all reality. Jeez. So it's uh, very interesting and very, again, when it was released, Deep. it was super pulpy and inspired by the 30s or 40s. So this would be the perfect time to introduce him. The only thing I'm concerned about is if it is all in this style, it might be hard for a lot of fans to watch. I know I watched the trailer with my, my mom and brother, and both of them were instantly like, nope, not for me. I will not be checking this one <laughs> Well, out. because so, it looks legitimately you know, scary, Darcy. Like, I thought yes, we were going to get more of a campy comedy. We even heard at one point, because Jakino was attached to it, that it was possibly going to be a musical, uh, and I don't think based off this trailer that that's going to be what's happening it's this looked really scary and really like fever dreamish and uh yeah man i am i'm so stoked for this i really cannot wait to see what this is yeah i i love the the description of fever dreamish i i totally get that um it can go two ways though i'm with you darcy It, it, it could it could really it could get old fast if you do it in that aesthetic right um you could probably just keep it black and white, and maybe the trailer. Yes, I have no issue is with more... black and white, but yeah, if the yeah. trailer leans into the thirty forties thing, then just for the promotion. I honestly of the show, think that's I'm for marketing. For that. I yeah, yeah, I do think it's for marketing because I don't think you could really go that way with it. But I think keeping it black and white really does separate it from everything else, and really does make it a special presentation, if you will. Um, and I also love the murder mystery, the 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 clue vibe to it, right? The murder mystery sort of idea of who is the werewolf right like i love that and i think that that's going to play a huge part in in kind of revealing what's going on why we're in this situation but you know you brought up loki season two which yeah definitely showing those those people prune i think that that's going to play a part i'm also wondering if moon knight somehow plays a part in this Mm -hmm. if if we get another moon knight hint here especially the way the logo treatment uh for the design, it is all on white, very similar to that, the way the treat logo treatment for Moon Knight was was depicted. And we know that in the comics, uh, Werewolf by Night was the introduction to Moon Knight. You know, is it maybe, you know, do we see some sort of crossover here that connects these two? Um, because I, I do think that when it comes to multiversal storylines, I think Moon Knight's actually pretty important. We just don't know that yet. Well, let's move into our next trailer from marvel secret invasion uh this is from showrunner kyle bradstreet uh the crossover event series showcases a faction of shape-shifting scrolls who have been infiltrating earth for years this store this stars samuel l jackson ben mendelson kingsley benadir uh emilia clark and olivia coleman uh this is streaming exclusively on Disney Plus sometime in 2023 with 640 to 50 minute long episodes. Let's go. So it's going to it's going to give us that that form factor. Yo, I was very I was very surprised by this trailer. You know, kind of talking about the first trailer we were talking about Andor, a spy thriller in the Star Wars universe. This very much feels like a spy thriller in the MCU and it it really leaned into that with this sort of mystery and, and this intensity 
uh, it, it's it's crazy. I'm I'm very interested to see what this is all about. Yeah, this looks like it's gonna get really dark, and I I love that the trailer opens with the the beam down from from the sky, and it's a very the image starts to look like that really traditional like old school alien. Um, right, the thin neck and the the, but then it turns out to be Nick Fury, and I feel like that is a tease of where the series is gonna kind of focus, which where it's gonna kind of be like Westworld, where you know with Westworld you don't know who's a robot and who isn't, and I think they're very who's much not, setting yeah. this up to be like even Nick Fury could be a Skrull, so could be a um, Skrull, right? Yeah, and that would be crazy. So I'm I'm super it stoked so for cool. it. I think it's it's going to be great. Don Cheadle is going to show up as Rhodey, um, and then we've got Everett Ross is going to be in this. Ben Mendelsohn, I'm stoked for. One thing I did want to just point out though, um, there's a moment with Mendelsohn and uh, Kingsley um, where there's some people behind him that all stand up and then change also into him. And my thought on that is like. Either those are just scrolls <laughs> showing off the fact that they can change into whoever they want sort of idea, like a, like a flex, or is that multiple man? Like, could that be Jamie Madrox multiple man in this series? I Maybe? Or, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm throwing that out there. I'm probably wrong. It's probably just a bunch of scrolls. but well, I that's think it's I a bunch of scrolls because yeah. I'm... Pretty sure yeah. you see the fact that they were different people beforehand. And Multiman can't shift oh, okay. into other people. He just makes copies okay, of himself. Yeah. That would be a wicked way to introduce him, though. And who knows, maybe that... I mean, they have been known to tease us or mislead us with trailers before. So maybe that is something to throw us off the scent in that regard. But yeah, no, this looks like it's going to be a really wicked and intense ride. Uh, there's a rumor that Olivia Coleman is head of MI13. Uh, which I was looking it up. I was doing some research. Apparently, it's a British operative team in the Marvel comics. Darcy, do you know about this? Yep, yep. Uh, and they're also known for working with you know Captain Britain and uh, Cylon. Henry Cavill. So they got a lot of people <laughs> that you know could be leading in towards the UK superhero world because they they do have more spy based uh, heroes. Again, Psylocke and uh, Captain Braddock being. Uh, the two most prominent. Very cool. And also, Amelia Clark yeah. is in the show. I think she's a Skrull. I think everyone's a Skrull in the show. By the end of the show, all the characters are just going to turn into Skrulls. Well, there's. I just there's don't like rumors. how the first. I don't like how the first yeah. people they throw or person they throw on the bus is Everett. I love me my Everett. Don't turn yeah. it into a Skrull. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm wondering. I think you're right. I, there's been rumors that she's actually an integral Skrull. Oh, okay. Uh, in this whole in this whole storyline, but yeah, we I if if she is, I love the fact that we haven't seen her like that yet. Obviously, given this this is our f- teaser, so you know, hopefully they they will save if that is a reveal for the series. They and and they just continue to market her as being a human. But you're right, everyone in the back of their mind, everyone's a scroll man. You can't trust nobody. <laughs> no one, dude. And I love that this, you is, trust this is given the nobody. Winter Soldier vibes. Uh, and as you said, a spy yes, thriller, very backstabbing, much so. yeah. secret identities, dude. Mm. I'm so stoked for this. I can't 100%, wait. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, that is it Woo! for our day two coverage. Yeah. We, this, this is a long one. Uh, yeah. we're getting up there. We're getting close to, we're getting close to time. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, well, we got another one. Uh, coming tomorrow and we got one that we already posted so for day one it's already out and day three we're going to record and that will be covering all the park stuff uh again very loosey-goosey 
reactionary process. Um, so tune in for that. Um, but that's it for this episode. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts uh, and uh, let us know what what of these fantastic Lucasfilm Marvel properties you're excited to see. And you can reach out to us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Uh, or you can reach out, reach out to us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we have a ton of episodes covering all things geeky, including our recent spoiler-free reviews for Disney's Pinocchio, which is available out now for you to listen, and it's on Disney Plus for you to stream. Uh, we also have our Behind the Geeks episode with composers of Pinocchio, Alan Silvestri and Glenn Ballard. Uh, we also have our spoiler-free review for Disney and Pixar's TV series Cars on the Road, where Nate, Darcy, and Meg chat about this charming series. And speaking of charming, Nate had a chance to chat with one charming individual, Mr. Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy, a.k.a. the voice of Mater, uh, which in that episode, they have an idea that is pretty dope for... Uh, a Mater podcast. I, I would. I want that thing to happen. I'm just going to keep saying it, and hopefully it'll happen. <laughs> uh, and and that's available on podcast feeds and on YouTube, so you can watch Nate's beautiful face as he gabs on with Larry, a charming, charming man. So so cool. Um, we also posted our spoiler-free review this past week for uh, the Netflix series Cobra Kai season five. Nate and Kev take it to the dojo and hash it out over the win and losses of the latest season. Uh, and finally, it seems like a two weekends ago, it probably is, we have our coverage for Fan Expo. It was our first time going as press, and uh, we collectively sat down and recanted our adventures here in Toronto, our hometown. Uh, and uh, not only did we do that episode for podcast feeds, uh, we also posted six interviews with local artists, vendors, creators who we met at the con. Uh, and all those are available on YouTube, and our YouTube link is in the show notes. Darcy, Nate, thank you so much for joining me for this recap. It was a long one. We got through it, and we had some great conversation. Yeah, I man. appreciate you guys. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, Disney always makes us talk Always. Forever. They're good at that. I know. <laughs> That's, I'm slow, bro. That's okay. <laughs> Anyways, as we say... Love ya. Laters. Peace. Peace.